Hey, what's up, everyone? So excited to be here with y'all. Uh, like Justin said, my name is Amir. If I haven't met you yet, me and my wife Bethany are some of the pastors here at New Life Church Conway. And uh, man, I have been awaiting this day for a long time. Logan and Justin told me, I think in August, I would speak tonight and I've been so excited. And then this week, I've been really giddy <laughs> to be excited with y'all. Just, just so honored to get to encourage you guys. Uh, me and Beth have a calling from God. We've always invested in college students and young adults. And so I love this age group with all my heart. Uh, this was later in my notes. 13 years ago, I started coming to Elevation and God changed my life, man. He changed my life through this ministry, of course, from the word and God, but friends and I just can't speak enough. So anytime I'm around y'all and or even in this cool opportunity to get to speak to y'all, I will never take it for granted. So just really excited to be here. Uh, just a little bit about our family. Me and Beth, Beth's at home with our son. She wishes she could be here. She just texted me. She said she's praying for me, but she's the best. Okay, you know, so she's awesome. But uh, we have been married for six years, a little over six years, me and Beth. We actually met in Elevation on a mission trip. We're talking about missions later tonight. Shout out. So we actually met on a mission trip to Haiti. You never know when you're serving. Okay. The guys are like, what? I wasn't ready for that tonight. Um, but she's my best friend, my better half. She's got big blonde hair, if you know her. She's beautiful. And then we have two sons, Dax. Uh, Dax Ray is three and a half years old. He's my little brown boy running around here, uh, looking fly on a Sunday morning. And then actually, we, our second son, Kyler, we had, he passed away December 28th at birth. And I know that's a really sad thing to say, but he had a, he had a rare genetic disorder. So, but you know, not just in settings like this. I'm at the gym. It's just when people are like, how many kids do you have? I say two because he's my son and he'll always be my son. So we have two kids, but by the grace of God, my wife, Bethany, is currently pregnant with a little girl. <laughs> with a little girl. So everyone pray for me, but ladies, I need help. I'm a little nervous. Her name's going to be Farah Hope. So we're really excited about that. Farah with one R has a little Persian descent. Um, I'm, my parents from the Middle East. If you didn't know, I'm a little brown. Okay, anyways, I do want to give a huge shout out to, let me finish before this. I'm going to shout out a lot of people. Justin Emily, your amazing pastors, Logan, the life group leaders, the serve team leaders, the worship team, the production team, the people that come early and pray. Man, can we just give a shout out for all the people that make Elevation happen? Come on, like you mean it. It's just awesome. It's just awesome. Man, the pre-service rally earlier was hype. It was just so good. And there's a lot of people who create a place every Sunday for you and for you to bring your friends. And, and like I said earlier, it changed my life. But we are continuing in the book of Acts this week. I really enjoyed this series, man. It's been awesome. I've loved coming as a 35-year-old and learning with y'all on Sunday nights. Man, it's just been so good. I think we have graphic. I got to draw attention to something that some of y'all know I'm about to do, but it's just the elephant in the room. If you go to the Sea of Acts, no, no, go back, go back, go back, go back. No, 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 too soon. If you, if you go to the Sea of Acts and go straight down about a foot, you might see something here. And if you've never seen this before, that means you haven't zoned out during a message, which is good. But it looks like, it, it can look like a lot of things. If you still haven't seen it yet, your partner will help you after the message. But if you go straight down from the sea, a guy's trying to get in the boat, and it looks like he has a wardrobe malfunction, okay? I don't, some people are like, I've never seen that in eight, nine, ten weeks of Acts. I really don't think it's a wardrobe malfunction. I think it was the artist. I just had to say it. Logan's like, you won't say it. I said, I will say it. So we're going to say, what? Acts. Uh, No, I just repeat what Logan said. I didn't, okay, cut that from the podcast. That's bad. Okay, y'all got me in trouble. Now you won't hear anything I say the rest of the time, but you're going to be like, the pants, the pants, the pants. Okay, we're going to be in Acts 16 tonight. I want you to turn your Bibles or your phones, Acts 16, Acts 16. I had to draw attention. I'm sorry. That's probably the only funny thing I'll say. Praise God. Here we go. Acts 16, we're going to be in verse 25, but I'm going to give you a lot of context before this. 
Some of y'all, uh, I got the huge privilege, Justin all there, y'all, a couple weeks ago. I got to speak on the weekend, which is a huge honor when me and Justin get to do that from time to time. And I actually taught on this chapter. I'm not going to teach the same message. Some of y'all are like, wow, really? Repeat? And some of y'all weren't there. That's totally fine. But I did. Justin gave me and Logan gave me kind of a, a couple of chapters I could teach from. And man, when I was praying for y'all, I just really felt like the Lord was like, you've studied this chapter. I want you to speak that again. And I believe God gave me new things to share for y'all in the last week. So it's pretty awesome. I'm really excited about that, a different perspective. But here's some context. In Acts 16, Paul and Silas, who are some apostles of Jesus, they had a heart to encourage the churches that Paul established on his first missionary trip. This was his second missionary trip along Asia. Well, along the way, we're not going to read this. This is before verse 25. The Holy Spirit changes their plans twice, not once, twice. He literally says, don't go there and don't go there. He leads them to Europe. They had never been to Europe. The gospel has not got to Europe yet to the city of Philippi. Philippi would later be the book of Philippians that Paul writes to. They're going to plant that church. That's where we're right at in Acts 16. We're in Philippi. Well, what's really cool is right before we're about to read, one day, the Bible says, Paul and Silas were going to pray. And Sally, this woman that was a servant, she was a slave to some men, was possessed also. And she was following them around. This is Bible. She was following them around, repeating, these these people are the servants of the Most High God. They're going to tell you the way to be saved. It's literally what the Bible says, NIV. But scripture says that she repeated it day after day. Can you imagine a girl that you don't know following you around to school or work and saying the same thing every day, not just once, but like day after day? Would that not creep you out in 2022? You'd be like, okay, I don't know who you are, but you're yelling the same thing. This is embarrassing. So Paul turns around, scripture says, rebuke the demon out of her in the name of Jesus. And she walks away. Well, the guys who owned her, Sally, but she was a slave, they made money off her, got mad because they didn't care about her. They just cared about making money. So what they do, which this is insane what I'm about to tell you. Imagine if this happened today. They literally physically drag them in the middle of town. They start accusing them for throwing their city in an uproar, which is pretty dramatic. They, then the crowd gets involved, the governors get involved. And scripture says in verses 9 to 18, 19, 20, before, it says they strip them, severely beat them, and then throw them in jail. No trial. Like, can you imagine if that happened in downtown Conway? You're driving by and someone's getting beaten and then they throw them in jail and you're just kind of like, and they take off their clothes and the people outside of uh, Bob's grill is like, yeah, you're crazy. You know, it's like, I know this is silly, but this is like what happened to them. They're foreigners in a land and that's how they're treated for helping a girl who was possessed. That's wild. And so they end up in jail. They get put in maximum security. And scripture says they're put in stocks, meaning these like wooden holes that would, they would put prisoners in to spread their legs apart to torture them even more for doing good. Pretty wild, right? So now we're at verse 25. And that's what we're going to read in a second. It's a lot of adversity that you see there. But I felt like when I was preparing for you guys, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever found yourself, probably not like that, but in a place of adversity before? I want them to put up the definition of adversity if you're like, what does that mean? Adversity can be defined as unfavorable or opposing circumstances or continued difficulties. These are like the times when you feel like nothing's going your way. That's not literally the case, but it feels like that, right? It feels like things are uphill. It feels like challenge after challenge. Like, let me give you a silly example. You ever had the mornings where you wake up and you wake up and you feel a little off? And then you do something crazy, like you stub your big toe. And how does like something so small in your body have so much pain in it? And then you like go to work or school and you're late and then you're kind of flustered because you're not late. And then you like leave your phone somewhere and then you spill coffee on you. And then it's like 10 a.m. And you're like, I think I could go home and start to go to sleep. Let's just start this day over. I'm going to punt and, you know, we'll call it. Everyone ever have a boarding like that? It's kind of wild. 
This kind of feels like adversity. That's a silly example. Some of y'all have been through adversity that lasts longer than a day. It lasts weeks, months. Sometimes this could be maybe financially. Maybe you have challenges within your family or a friend group. Maybe it feels like school, you can't catch up. You're trying and you're trying, you can't quite catch up. Maybe you've felt some adversity in your faith. You feel like, man, it's hard to connect with you, Lord. It's hard to seek you. It can be stressful, hard, discouraging. And if we're honest, times like this, often we can ask questions like, God, where are you? God, what's going on? Hey, let me encourage you as one of your pastors, ask those questions. He loves when you're real with him. And if you don't believe that, the biggest book in the Bible, the Psalms, half of that is David crying out, frustrated with God, challenged by God, and then rejoicing God. God wants you to be real with him. So sometimes if you feel challenged, frustrated, uncertain, concerned, bring that to him. He actually appreciates that. He wants you to come to him as a good father. Anyone ever been in a place of adversity like that before? Some of you might be there this week, this semester. My family has definitely had, but I just wanted to say, before we can get in word, as someone who's older than you and really cares about you, hey, I don't say this to discourage you, but you're gonna go through these times. I don't know why always, I can't predict the future. I don't have a crystal ball and I don't even believe in that because I'm a believer. But anyways, I just, it's not in the notes. It's gonna happen. But when it happens, if you allow him, Jesus wants to be with you in the middle of it, step by step. Day by day, that's like a, the soundtrack of a sitcom, step by step, some of y'all know. Okay, anyways, not in the notes either. Um, God will deliver us from something sometimes. He's capable, but oftentimes God wants to be with you in the storm, with you in the boat, with you in the adversity, and he wants to show you things and teach you things that you never could imagine, amen? So let's pick up now, verse 25. We're gonna read verses 25 through 36. This is, you probably have heard this before, or might be familiar with this. This is Paul and Silas in jail. This is the same day after that crazy thing that happened in town. We're gonna to read this together. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Think about that. <laughs> we could pause there. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once the prison doors flew open, everybody's chains came loose, the jailer woke up when he saw the prison doors open. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. And Matt, like, try to picture this moment. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and he fell trembling before Paul and Silas. This man gets down on his knees and he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? The same guy who was responsible for taking care of them in prison, make sure they leave, is now looking at them on his knees saying, how do I get saved? That's Jesus. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your whole household. They went up it. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in the house. Now listen to this. This is all, the next three lines I'm about to say are still in the middle of the night. At that hour, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. He starts serving them. Then immediately he and his family were baptized in the middle of the night, the jailer brought them to his house and they had a meal before him in the middle of the night. He was filled with joy because he, this time about the jailer and his family had come to believe in God, his whole family and I. When it was daylight, meaning the, everything we just talked about was in the middle of the night, insane. The magistrates, which are like governors in that time, sent their officers to the jailer in this order, release those men. 
the jailer told Paul and the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas may be released. You can go in peace now. That's a pretty crazy story, right? It's a pretty wild day, let alone night. So for the rest of our time, I'm going to give you three things that I believe will happen in your life during times of adversity that we see in this scripture, but I believe for you as well, okay? Number one, what's in you comes out of you. I want you to think about that. What's in you comes out of you. Reread verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. It's beautiful. And the other prisoners were listening. These guys had just been falsely accused, stripped, beaten, thrown in jail with no trial. And they choose, this is wild, despite the adversity to worship and praise God. I like to say these guys are different. It's incredible. But I don't know if you've ever wondered if you've heard this story before, if you're hearing it for the first time tonight, why? Is it really holy? Why? I believe it's because what was in them came out of them. Matthew 7, Jesus says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. The, the roots from their walk with God come out in jail and the fruit is worship and prayer. Let me say it this way, meaning the byproduct of the roots within you is the fruit that comes out of you. That's a cool pastor phrase, so I'm gonna say it one more time. The byproduct of the roots within you is the fruit that comes out of you. They were rooted in Jesus. So their response, worship. Well, you might say, Amir, where does the roots come from? Like that doesn't even make sense. Like why would they do that? Well, I believe we studied that earlier this semester. In Acts 2, 42 and 43, this is the description of the early church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking the bread, and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And it goes on to talk about the early church. The early church was devoted. You can't miss that word. They were devoted to God's word. They were devoted to prayer. They were devoted to the presence of God, but they were also devoted to community. They were also devoted to eating together in homes. They were also devoted to serving each other and selling things to help each other, to having each other's back. So this was the posture in the community of the church. So this is what Paul and Silas with two different stories that we already covered next would have been discipled into. This is the culture that they would have been spiritually raised in. The devotion to God, to his word, to his presence, to prayer, and to the family of God in the church. So that's their roots. So they get in jail and the fruit is this. What is this? Not a trick question. It's an orange. Cutie, some would say. Thank you, Logan's calling me cutie. That's very kind. That's very kind. It's a joke. Not a trick question, number two. If I squeeze this really hard, what happens? Orange juice will come out. I'm not gonna do that because then Holden's like, man, you got orange juice all over my microphone. I'm really strong though, I can do it, okay? Ha, just bite a peel. Anyone ever eat the peel? Y'all are different. Bonnie, of course, you're different. Bonnie's different. Just kidding. So when adversity came, go with me here, and metaphorically they were squeezed, what came out of them, the fruit was worship and prayer. Question, 
when adversity is going on in your life, which will happen, and you get squeezed, metaphorically, what comes out of you? Think about it for a second. What comes out of you? Now, in the same breath, I don't say that to guilt you or shame you or for you to feel bad. No, that's not the grace of God. But I do lovingly challenge you to think that not only does God want you to be with you in times of adversity, but he wants his fruit to come out of you. The fruit of God's spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the self-control. It is hard. This is the churchy world uh, sanctification. That simply means to become more like Jesus every day. So yes, if you're a Christian here, which most people probably are, when you gave your heart to Jesus, you got saved and forgiven, but then you committed to a lifelong journey of one day at a time becoming more like Jesus. So the goal is that when we are squeezed, fruit would come out. That's the goal. And we need Jesus to do that. So some application for this point. This is where we see the importance of a foundation in Jesus. Biblical roots. So what I'm about to tell you is you're not going to be shocked by it. This is the importance of our daily and weekly devotion to God. But not just God, to the family of God to the body of Christ. We're not meant to do life alone. So for example, it's our time with Jesus and his word, prayer. You seek God how you like to seek God. It's not cookie cutter, his presence, but it's also action, doing the word, trusting God, obeying God. We gotta put our faith to works a little. But then it's our time in community, fun times, life group, doing life together, laughing till we can't breathe, serving each other. But then it's some real talk of community being vulnerable with each other, telling each other when you're having a hard time, sending that text that you need prayer, asking to be held accountable for an area that you're weak. That's where the refinement, the iron sharpens iron of community comes in. That's where the roots start to dig down deep. Yes, from the Lord, but from his body, the body of Christ that he has blessed us with. And the hope is as we commit to those things, devote ourselves to those things, we're gonna grow, we're gonna become mature. Colossians says we're gonna take deep roots down. So then when and if you face adversity, the hope is the fruit of God comes out of you. Amen? Number two, when you go through times of adversity, I believe there will be opportunities to influence others there will be opportunities to influence others. I want to read the second part of verse 25. They were praying to God in prison, and the scripture says, the other prisoners were listening to them. Verse 29 and 31 to reread. The jailer called for lights. He rushed and fell trembling before Paul and Silas, got down on his knees. This is so powerful. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, believe in the Lord Jesus. And you'll get saved. And I love the one upper, not just you, you and your whole household. So Paul and Silas's response to adversity, they got it right today. I believe God gave them an opportunity to influence the people around them. Let's start with the prisoners. This is a, they're in a jail in a city that doesn't have a church. So no wonder they're worshiping God as they're beaten and bruised and stripped. And these people are just staring at them, listening. They're probably amazed by it. And what's amazing is an earthquake comes that if you later read and believe the earthquake actually wasn't for Paul and Silas. It was actually so the guard would get saved. Plot twist. Why? Because no one left. So they don't leave. Quick, quick question. Why don't the other prisoners leave? Scripture doesn't say. Paul and Silas leave. Why don't the other prisoners leave? The shackles fell. The doors open. 
I believe because they were watching and listening to Paul. And they said, those guys aren't leaving. I'm not leaving. They, there was leadership there. They were going through their own adversity, but because they followed Jesus, it started to influence people around them. The jailer comes, falls down before them, and their influence them, his saves his life. Why? If you didn't know at that time, if a jailer, if a guard were to let people out, if a prisoner were to escape, he would be responsible and he would be killed. So that's why he drew the sword and he's about to kill himself because he thought they left and they scream, hey, don't, don't hurt yourself, we're still here. They saved his life. And his response is to give his heart to Jesus. But you gotta picture this, this is at midnight. So that would mean this dude literally went home or wherever home is, woke up his family, brought them there and they shared the gospel with his whole family. And they got saved and baptized. This is like a movie. He inf they influenced the people around them. I know this sounds crazy, but I believe with everything in me, and I've even been praying this over you. You probably don't want me to pray this over you, that if and when you go through times of adversity, God's gonna use you to influence others. Well, Mir, I don't wanna influence others. I'm just trying to get through it. I understand that, but God is so good. He works for the good of those who love him and he wants to use your life to influence others. Because people, whether you believe it or not, and I'm talking people, your people, your circle, they're watching you. And I don't say that to put pressure on you. I say it as an opportunity to be a light for Jesus. You have influence, whether you believe it or not, in your family, in your friend group, in your classmates, with your coworkers, the people you rub shoulders with. Influence can be translated as leadership. One of my mentors always tell me in college, leadership is not action or position, it's action. Some of y'all are waiting for a leadership position. You're a leader. You're a follower of Jesus. You're a leader. And leaders make disciples. The Bible doesn't talk about leadership all the time. It talks about discipleship. Side story, not in the notes, okay? Here we go. We're having fun. The hope is that in the midst of your adversity, the joy of the Lord would come out. And you could be a light for him. Let me give you an example from my life. So I told you, some of y'all may have not known that we lost a son last year. And this time last year, a year ago, we were going to UAMS every two weeks uh, to check on my wife's health. So we just thought outside of like our immediate circle and our family, like a lot of people would be asking us from here and from back home and college, hey, how can we pray for you? What's going on? So we would just post some Instagram stories after every doctor's appointment, or we might make a post about things that were hard, or we might make a post about what God was teaching us because we just felt like it was the easiest way to let people know so they can be praying for us. And it was so interesting in the middle of all the adversity, people would text us and call us and DM us and say, man, I'm so encouraged by you guys. I'm like, you're so encouraged. I've been praying or crying all week. You're encouraged, but I'm just crying every day because I miss the thought of my son not being here. You know, I'm just joking, but I was just like, what are you encouraged by? Are people like, man, you're such an inspiration. I'm like, I don't know what we're doing. We're just trying to like survive here. But what I learned was us simply being authentic of the struggle and the pain and the challenges, God was using it as an opportunity to influence others. And what was cool is God was so good to us, despite the hardest time of our life, and our son did not get healed on the side of heaven, but we got to just share about what God was doing and how we were so loved by our church family, and then God started getting glory in the middle of a tragedy. Because he's amazing like that. So my application for you is, hey, would you be open to look for opportunities God might be giving you during times of adversity? This can be a lot of ways. 
I would start with your circle, your people, the people you do life with. I know this takes courage. It takes humility. Some of y'all are like, I don't want to talk about stuff, or I don't want to let people know. I know that's really hard, but I believe the Holy Spirit will give you strength. And I'm not asking you for perfection. I'm just asking you to be real. And you might think, be real. You might have thought I was just talking about the app. Like, okay, be real. You know what I'm saying? Hey, it's the time of the day. But it's kind of interesting parallel. Like, there's no filters. It just kind of surprises you. Adversity just be coming. Just wake up and be like, here we go. It's going to be some kind of day, you know? But some of y'all do the double picture be real. You're like, eh. And then you're like, everyone look that. And I was like, that's not be real. It's like four pictures you just took. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Bonnie, you laughing, girl. I called Bonnie out twice in a message. That's not okay. She's right in front of me. It's hard. Here's some examples of what you can be real about. Hey, what's been hard for you? You know it's okay to have some bad days? You know it's okay not to be okay sometimes? We, just, we sing a song that says, Hallelujah to the son of suffering. You know Jesus had some bad days? The goal of Christianity is not perfection. It's sanctification. It's to follow Jesus. What are you learning from God? Another thing you can be real about. Josh Rawls is calling me. Praise God. How can your circle support you? And what you see is people appreciate authenticity. People appreciate, especially your generation, vulnerability. And again, I'm not talking about randos. I'm talking about your people, your circle. Let me speak to a parallel, not in the notes. that happens all the time in life, but in the body of Christ. You say, or we'll say, and I say, well, I don't want to tell people because I don't want to be, insert here, a burden or an inconvenience or I don't want to bother them or it's not a big deal. Who's ever said that before, if we'll be honest? But then, quick story, person A, person B, if Logan was going through something and Logan said the same thing to me, Logan did not tell me when he was going through something, I wanted to support him. I would say something like it. You would say something like, well, Logan, I, I just wanted to help you. I just wanted to support you. I just want to have your back. I can't do that if you don't know because everyone's so quick to help but we're so slow to receive help. Hey, you have to be real both ways. So yes, that's hard, but you have to open up a little and be vulnerable so the body of Christ can be the body of Christ in the same way you wanna be the body of Christ to other people. You have to give, yes, but you have to receive. I know it's hard and it takes humility. Number three, last point, we'll do this one quick. Worship and prayer precede a breakthrough. I did take this from my last message because I just believe it. Worship and prayer precede a breakthrough. The scriptures talk about the jailers filled with joy because his family got saved. They released them. And I believe really, to be honest, the breakthrough already happened in Paul and Silas before they ever got to jail because that was the response. But we see a breakthrough in the jailer's life. What we talked about earlier, the earthquake seemed to really be from him for God. And I, I just want to speak over you in faith and believe, and I want you to think this is a muscle that when we're going through hard times and we may never feel like it, but worship and prayer precede a breakthrough. And I know this in my life to be true, and I pray this over you, that oftentimes, or maybe always, God wants to, a breakthrough to happen within you before it happens around you. I want you to think about that. He wants things to break off and break through and break off within you before it happens around you. So just to recap, during times of diversity, What's in you will come out of you. I believe God's gonna give you opportunities to influence others and worship and prayer precede a breakthrough. This is how we're gonna end the message, really practically. I'm gonna ask you two questions. If you're taking notes, I would love you to write these questions down. If you're not taking notes, I would love you to take out your phone and write it down because I just think it's important. I'm gonna ask you these questions. I'm gonna pray over you and we're gonna worship God for a breakthrough. The first question, what's one area of your life's gonna be on the screens? 
that you're believing God for a breakthrough? You could take a pick if you want. What's one area of your life, let's make it personal first, you're believing God for a breakthrough. Is it a struggle? Is it family, health, finances, clarity with something in life? I know your generation, you're always wanting to know what's next. That's not a bad thing. God, what am I doing within school? What am I doing after school? What am I doing between jobs? What am I doing between school? Second question, who is someone else you're believing God for a breakthrough in their life? Hey, it starts with you, but we wanna be people. My college pastor, my elevation pastor used to say to tell me and free, he's like, we gotta be people that shake heaven on other people's behalf in prayer. I'm just gonna keep bringing these names before heaven. Oh man, I almost got emotional. On Friday, oh my God. We, we found out the news like a big sister to me and free passed away after a long battle with cancer and name's Amber. Their family's been in our church for a long time. Their family's on staff with their church. And I don't always get this right, but I felt like right when I got in the car on the way to the gym, a worship song just clicked in my head. So I turned it on and I just started sobbing in the car. And I felt so led in that moment to worship and pray for that family's behalf. I don't know what it would do. I just felt like God was like, worship for them, pray for them, pray over them. And I'm believing a breakthrough, even though she passed away, she's in heaven. I'm believing a breakthrough for that family in a new way, in a different way. So this is what I wanna do. I wanna pray over you. And then we're gonna go back into worship like we always do. But I'm gonna challenge you. The team is the same. The songs might be different than last Sunday or the Sunday before. I wanna challenge you to worship with expectation that a breakthrough is gonna happen in your life or the person you wrote down. I believe that breakthrough can happen tonight. I believe that breakthrough can start tonight. I believe some of y'all have thought about this breakthrough and you gave up on it. And I'm asking you to bring back the faith for it. When I was preparing yesterday and praying for y'all, I felt like the Lord said, we're gonna start things tonight and there's gonna be breakthrough at the stand. Justin didn't tell me to do this. Maybe half of y'all aren't even signed up for the stand, but I I believe stuff we're going to start tonight is going to start working and setting things in motion for next weekend when we come in here and people that don't even know they're coming to stand because it always happens. God changed my life at the stand 12 years ago. They're going to come to this church and there's going to be breakthrough to happen in their life. And it's going to start by the way we worship and we seek Jesus now. Amen. So I want you to bow your heads. I just want to pray a prayer blessing over you.